0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Fan Wagon. We are the podcast about the radio show turn podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you some interviews and clip shows, but this is Monday. So, of course, we're bringing you our weekly recap of TBTL. My name is Mike Frizzell, and I live in Kyle, Texas, the fireworks capital of North North Central Texas. And I can't do it by myself, so joining me from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, is my friend Ann Lunholm. Hello, Ann. Hi, Mike. And for a special treat... We sent Bobby out of town and fenced Meredith into Denver so we could bring in the next Wagons Full of Loot package recipient, and that is none other than champion LRB archivist and co-host of the Sunday Morning Experience podcast, Naomi Hilliard in Seattle. Hello, Naomi. Hi, Mike. Hi, Anne. Welcome aboard. It's nice to have you.
1: It's nice to be here, and I want to just uh, say that I've really been enjoying this show lately. I, the LRB that is, and I think mm-hmm. that there is an inverse relationship between how <laughs> bad TBTL can sometimes be and how good the LRB can be. And yeah. I think that's because you guys have to, uh, I don't know, bring your A game when things are a little dull or a little, I don't know, a lot of repeated stories on TBTL. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to thank you for uh, all of, God's work that you're
0: doing. Thank you. Much appreciated. It it does it does feel like uh it's our responsibility to fill in with our own non hot dog stories when too many hot dog stories are being told on TBTL. In fact, before we uh got on tonight, I should let everyone know that Naomi asked if there was a safe word if if someone is going on too long on the show, and we've really haven't done that, but I suggested hot dog, hot dog. So <laughs> feel free to yell that at me when I go off on one of my stupid stories.
2: I just think that's a terrible choice because there's a legitimate chance that we're going to have to discuss hot dogs at some
0: point. Uh, true. There will be a hot dog story. I love hot dogs. So yeah, there's a good chance. Hot dog. <laughs> All right. See? See, she's done it. She's broken the ice on it. We are we have some LRB business to discuss, uh, including um, the wagon full of loot. We'll do the weekend review, of course. We'll do some housekeeping, and then uh, we'll let you know how to get involved. Anne is going to handle the business this week. What's our business? Well, I hope everybody listened to
2: last Friday's show. If you haven't, please go back and do it because it was so much fun. Mike and I and Phyllis talked about, well, Costco. We talked about Costco, and we talked about the Burbank family's relationship to Costco, and we talked a lot about snacks and um,
0: <laughs> the and tyranny was, of snacking.
2: Mike was pretty upset for a lot of this conversation, so still I, upset. It was very educational for me because I don't have kids, so I don't know this whole world of kids' sports and snacking. It's pretty pretty interesting, and we got a lot of feedback that I'll talk about in a few minutes about it. So um, I had a great time on that episode. I think that was really fun. Uh, next up in business, I want to share something a little bit personal. Today, I had breakfast with somebody really special. It was our friend Wagner and the co-host of the Preheated Podcast, Andrea Ballard. She was in town visiting her husband's family and said, hey, do you have time to go to breakfast? on the weekend and i said yes i do and so we had breakfast this morning and we had a great time and it was the first time i've ever met her of course and she was just as wonderful in person as she is on the imaginary airwaves and we talked like old friends it was so much fun and i was really happy to meet her that's
0: fantastic did were any baked goods consumed and judged harshly
2: <laughs> well it was breakfast i had a waffle but i don't know that you can count that as a baked good
0: right Okay, I'm glad you got a chance to meet her. She's really, she's really sweet, and Mm -hmm. and that's uh, I love how our world is getting gets smaller every day.
2: I know. I always used to think that those people that had internet friendships were weird, but now I'm one of them, and they do translate (laughs) into real life friendships. It's they do if
0: they're based on 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 real stuff, and and we are we're nothing if not real.
1: That's true. That's so cool. Um. I also met with a fellow 10 yesterday that I'd never met in real life. Really? For breakfast. Yes. Um, Alyssa Adelson. Oh, I cool. commissioned her to do a painting of my cat for me. And she did a beautiful job. And we met yesterday and we did the handoff and we had an almond croissant. And I, I'm I'm going to echo what you just said. You know, it's weird how you can have an instant connection with someone that you've only known online. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, TBTL brings us together. And
2: we're all weird in the same way, I guess. So it, we're on each other's same wavelength. And I think that's really cool.
0: I'm looking at that picture right now, that portrait of your cat. That is so great.
1: Yeah. She really did a good job capturing her and, that is no easy task because my cat is all black and yeah. very hard to photograph, very hard to, you know, paint and she really got it. And
2: so do you have a spot in mind for this painting already?
0: It, it's up. Oh, is it? It's up, man. Yes. And the cat is photographed in front of
1: <laughs> Oh, I
0: did see that.
2: Painting. Yes. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you have uh, some extra scratch sitting around um, and you love your animal as much as I love mine and you're tired of photos of your kids, hit Alyssa up and she'll <laughs> do a really good job painting uh, a portrait of your animal. All
2: right, cool. Well, let's move on to a few throw your phone moments. I mentioned we had a lot of feedback from Friday's show and I think we really touched a nerve with this whole idea mm-hmm. of, of the, I guess the life of kids and parties and sports and food. And so I picked a few of the comments out, um, Phyllis was talking about just how many parties Gus has to go to because he is Mr. Popular. And uh, a comment from Heather, she said, Phyllis, the good news is that the time of 24 parties a year is limited. By about second or third grade, most kids have more developed friendships and only get invited to parties of the kids they actually play with. And the parties are smaller. So at least there's there's light at the end of the tunnel for Phyllis on that one.
0: Mm There, uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel that shouldn't be there that, that's, that's how I feel about it the tunnel we should no, not be in there's light at the end of it
2: Um, speaking of your feelings Mike Natasha said man Mike really hates snacks
0: <laughs> no I love snacks but I don't need one every hour
2: she says, "I have two young children, and some days it seems as if all I do is deliver food. They will ask for a snack literally minutes after finishing an entire meal."
0: <laughs> can we can we just let our kids get hungry just so they can feel what it feels like just once to feel hungry?
2: No, we can't.
0: <laughs> okay, but yeah, then we're a failure at parents. If your if your child ever experiences one hunger pang, you're a complete failure as a parent.
1: Call CPS.
0: Yeah, right. That kid said he was hungry. He might be dying.
2: <laughs> and then uh Christy, it turns out, has a lot of thoughts on snacks and kids, too. She was pretty upset that she didn't get to chime in on this Heartbroken. episode. Yep. And she, so she posted a comment. I have so many rants about snacks. Kids and parents expecting them after one hour of sports, unless, be honest, at six or seven, that's hardly athletics, is ridiculous. Right. Add in that at LE school, they have two snacks and lunch every day. In kindergarten, each kid brings two snacks for the whole class, one to two times a month, and they have to fit in the district's criteria. Another weird thing is that when they have half days and have two snacks plus lunch, it's like an all-day eating fest. I'd love to know when snacks <laughs> became a requirement.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's so odd. And then, you know, you have to make sure it's like gluten-free and... uh um, right everybody can sort of partake and if we all just brought our own snacks then honestly it would not be a problem because you know your own whatever limitations mm-hmm. it's infuriating i agree
2: it's all these damn socialists <laughs> or communists everybody has to take care of everybody else we can't just be libertarians and bring our own snacks
1: You know, in this one respect, I guess I'm a libertarian.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's move on to a couple of comments from last week's recap show. We were talking about the uh, driverless car testing that was going on in in Arizona and how all the cars would have technicians in the cars in in case anything went wrong. And Bobby was kind of speculating on who exactly they would get to do this. Like, are they going to take some phd engineer and have him sit in the car while people are riding around in it and ellen says uh, bobby after having ridden with several tenured professors i can assure you that nobody would be safer with one as a backup driver in a driverless vehicle i'm not even tenured yet and i see the effects creeping in so nobody except (laughs) to ride from
0: ellen you you need someone who is fully aware of their surroundings and ready to slam on the brakes. That's all. Those are the only requirements. And professors not always so aware of their surroundings.
2: They're thinking about big things.
0: Yeah. They got other stuff on their mind rather than preserving their life and the life of the drunks in the backseat.
2: <laughs> right. And uh, finally, in feedback for the week, uh, Nick sent us a message where he said, A moment of joy is whenever I listen to the show, every time Andrew says Lucals. Which I agree with. I think that's very endearing when they do that. And then he added, also having been a courier for nearly 11 years, I have owned and worn out several Thomas guides. They're awesome. So he's yes. bolstering your point, Mike.
0: You're never lost if you have a Thomas guide. All you have to do is pull over, look at the, look at the sign on the corner, and find it in the Thomas guide, and, and there you are. You can get, find your way home or to wherever you need to go.
2: So um, if you have throw your phone moments for us or moments of joy and happiness, please let us know. Be happy to share them with everybody on the show. Um, So Naomi, I understand that there is a loot crate in your possession.
1: Yes, there is right here. It's from Phyllis. Yes. And um, I took a picture of the box because it's so huge. (laughs) and my kids could not understand why I couldn't just open this right away. Oh
0: yeah, that's that had to be killing yeah. the kids not opening something.
1: So, I was like, you know, look, not everything's for you. Uh, put
0: it, put it, an unboxing video in front of them and then, you know, <laughs> go put it away. So, now uh,
1: Mike
2: Phyllis um made a request that we at some point say what the name of this Box is, this loot crate. Do we do that now or do we wait until Naomi opens it?
0: Oh, I don't see. I don't know what, what it is exactly. So, I mean, I guess she would have told you to wait to the end if she meant for that.
2: Um, well, maybe I will just say. Um, here's Phyllis's note. When it seems apropes on the show, tell Naomi the loot is a lady wagoneer of a certain age survival kit.
1: Oh, oh, oh my God! This is gonna be awesome and embarrassing all at the
0: same time. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering in a in a Seattle to Seattle uh wagon full of loot, you know you can't really do all the regional stuff because Naomi could just go grab that, so there had to be another angle, and I guess we have that now,
1: yeah, um, well, do you want me to get started or
0: please do we want to build
1: this up more? What do we want to do? <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> it's up to Jeremy how many drum rolls and <laughs> fanfare and all that, whatever he wants to do.
1: Okay. Well, I'm opening up the first item and it's nicely wrapped, which is wonderful. Ooh. And it's a set of four fans for when, um, I start to experience, uh, those moments where I'll yeah. need it. And I know. The vapors. Yes. I know I have seen Phyllis carrying these around, Um, at events, um, especially really crowded events, so that's lovely. Thank you. Let me go deeper here. Okay. Everything is just so nicely wrapped, too, I have to say. Ooh, some sandalwood soap uh, from the Bee and Flower Company,
2: Mm.
1: and it it smells really nice, and not, um, you know, it's Scented, but it's not annoyingly scented. It's very nice. It's not perfumey. Exactly. And, okay, let's get in here some more. Oh, huh. I don't know what this is. It looks like... I, I honestly have no idea. It looks like a chopstick with a little fuzzy on the end like a little feathery fuzzy <laughs> all the writing is in another language is.
0: I know what it is. Yeah, and what <laughs> you want to you want to let her know?
2: It's an ear cleaner? Oh. They got some
1: some old wax in there.
0: They work great.
1: Okay. Okay, now I'm seeing the back. It's still not clear with what I'm supposed to do based on the I illustration.
0: Got- I got thrown off by the fuzzy ball on the end because I thought that that was some sort of function, you know? Yeah. But uh, no, it's purely decorative. The other end is the business end. Oh, oh,
1: okay. Wow. And then do you reuse them or you just use them once?
0: Well, you they're, they're wood, right? So you can just uh, clean them off with some soap and water.
1: Wow. Okay. That's cool. All right. I'm going deep, guys.
0: So far she's gotten you keeping keeping you clean and tight.
1: Yeah. Okay. And cool. Ooh, some glad rags. Reusable cotton pads for menstruation. It's a one-day <laughs> pad. That's cool. So it's for moderate flow and for light bladder leakage. Now, thank God that is not something that I'm dealing with, but Many of my peers are, and um, I anticipate it happening someday. All right. There's the thank you note. I'll read it at the end. This is such a large package.
0: Sounds like my last date.
1: Uh, Oh, here's another one, and this is the panty liner version of that, and... That will definitely come in use. Now, I have to say that Phyllis um, is, I think, our menstrual kind of um, person on the show.
0: She's an advocate. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, um, For the
0: ladies. Lady parts. Yeah.
1: And she, you know, got me hip to some other menstrual products, so I really appreciate this. And... Here is a coconut sparkling water LaCroix. Oh, yeah, which is really good. I bought some of these, and I thought they um, tasted a little bit like um, suntan lotion. But then I found myself coming back to them, and I drank the whole case. So I'm glad to get another mm. one. All right, could you
2: use that as a mixer for something? Oh hell yeah, for sure.
1: Like
0: yeah, that's a rum drink, right? Yeah, there.
1: rum coconut rum, double coconut. Um, okay. And ooh, a parasol. Oh, this is beautiful. This is like actually something I should use because I have such bare skin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when the sun does come out in Seattle, um, <laughs> I get, I always get sunburned. Like I got sunburned a little bit today.
0: Yeah, the first first real sun of the year, if you're fair-skinned in Seattle, you get a sunburn in less than 12 minutes, usually.
1: <laughs> okay, now there's something way at the bottom. So this is like a really tall, um, and like it's a tube from FedEx, so it's a little hard to get everything out, but actually that might be it. Okay.
2: I don't know, Phyllis. We said loot crate. Loot tube is something completely different.
1: <laughs> it's a loot tube. Okay. And then her card says, Dear Naomi, thank you for being an awesome historian and wagoner. No mountain too tall, LRB. And then there's a nice drawing of a little wagon. And this thank you card, um, I've bought the same pack. And it's a very good all-purpose thank you card. So that was very nice. Thank you, Phyllis.
2: Aww.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel prepared for everything that's going to come for me.
0: (laughs) All these things you've heard about.
1: Yes, yes. And I'm not there yet, but I do anticipate it happening somewhat soon. (laughs) Thank you, Phyllis. This is a lot of personal information.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Anne, you keep us uh, organized and in order Who gets the next crate? The
2: next crate is going to Megan Keene.
0: And we don't reveal who's sending it until they've received it, right? Nope. Okay. I think I just outed myself as not being the one sending (laughs) (laughs) the crate to Megan Keene. So so good on you, Megan. You won't get any of the bullshit that I am already uh, putting together.
2: All right. Are we ready to go then?
0: All right. Yeah, let's do the week in review. Go ahead, Anne.
2: Let's do it. Monday, number 2370, The Dichotomy of the Shack. Uh, I just want to mention as a lead-in, when Luke is introducing Andrew at the beginning of the show, he refers to him as the Rocky Flintstone of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And um, Mike, had you started listening to My Dad Wrote a Porno at that point?
0: I, I had not, but I'm glad you brought that up again. I had, I'd forgotten that.
2: Hmm. Um, I think eventually the entire LRB family will end up listening to my dad wrote a porno as I have listened to every episode and I got to say it is horrifying it's, it's, and hilarious.
0: It's very addictive to listen to. And the reason that I hadn't listened to it until, um, Christy brought it up in the chat was because I misunderstood what it was. I thought that it was somebody whose dad wrote a pornographic movie to which I was like, who writes a pornographic movie? It's a book. It's a piece of literature, and it is the worst piece of pornographic literature, and it's so great.
2: Well, we're using literature very loosely in this context.
0: Self-published uh, <laughs> erotica.
2: And and if it weren't for the fact that this man has three children, I would think that there's a great possibility he had never actually seen a naked lady. <laughs>
0: he may not have they may have all this all his work may have been done in the dark
2: <laughs> but i thought that's great since luke revealed later that he too has been binging on my dad wrote a porno and it's not mm-hmm. that long there's there're two seasons and there's like 13 in the first and maybe 18 in the second so
0: rocky flintstone is the the father's uh pen name
1: yep so um Is the are the two seasons over the course of the novel, or you know, the? Oh,
2: there are multiple books. Oh, okay. The first season covers the first book. The second season covers the second book.
0: the The son reads the book, and they there are two. There's a a man and a woman there alongside to just crack wise and destroy Mm -hmm. uh, the guy's dad over this book
1: and they're all british right yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay so it sounds way smarter than mm-hmm. it would be if americans were doing it
2: <laughs> right if if you're uh delicate maybe skip it yeah because it's pretty it's uh hardcore in several ways but mm-hmm. i enjoyed the hell out of it and it makes me laugh that luke has listened to it now i think that's great um, so moving into the show proper, Andrew is sad because his Radio Shack is closing. That was it, right? I spaced out for a moment right here. It's not all Radio Shacks yet. There are still some. It's just the Radio Shack by him is closing, I think.
0: I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so- I, the, I noticed that later on in the week, I was over uh, in the shopping center where the Radio Shack is in Kyle, and there was a big banner in the in the window that said, We're still open. So, oh God! So oh wow, so I think they're fighting that perception that every everyone is closing or is closed.
2: yeah, so we all know how much Andrew loves his his radio shack, so it's making him pretty sad that it's going away, but he he did get in for the the whole going out of business sale, he picked up lots of cables and a battery mm-hmm. and this radio that he wouldn't stop talking about for the rest of the episode um. And he said that the clerk was complaining about the heat constantly, and they make the observation, I think Luke does, that Radio Shack employees are either too helpful in a creepy way or just completely uninterested in helping you at all.
0: Oh, I don't know that well, I've spent but if much it, time. If they ever do help you, they, for some reason, need your phone number. Like, they're going to call you later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: man, our local radio shack closed and then they actually took the building down too. And it was like, yeah, there's no sign of them anymore, like none. And it kind of bums me out because that was like right when we were getting our podcast going and it would have been really nice to just like run over there real quick. Um, Not that they would have had what I needed probably, but one can hope. (laughs) Well,
2: how many mini-to-mini cables did you need?
1: You know, it's just nice knowing it's there, just in case. (laughs) Yep.
2: Um, So this takes Luke into a story about being at the Apple store, and he had to have something done with his phone, and it needed like a two-hour update that it had to stay in the store for. But of course, Luke being Luke, he didn't want to just hang around in the Apple store. And so he asked them if they could watch his phone. And they, of course, said, sorry, <laughs> no, we're not going to take responsibility for your phone. And so he hit on the idea to hide his phone like in one of the racks behind what he characterized as the worst accessory. And then he just left it there for a couple of hours and went to J. Crew.
0: <laughs> Did he call this a life hack it, buddy? Because I don't think it's worthy. I think it's too dangerous
2: hmm. I don't know I, if I saw a strange phone, I would just leave it. But then I'm not a phone thief. So
0: you go back to you go back and there's a bomb squad at the Apple store because you left your stuff in there unattended.
2: Right. And didn't he say that there was an employee that was just about to like dust that area when he came back mm-hmm. and sort of laughed at him? <laughs> You know, it's Luke. This is the guy who left his laptop sitting in the airport while he went to the Hudson News. We can't be (laughs) surprised that he does this um uh, let's see there was a lot more radio shack talk oh and then the dazzling donor for the day uh, in her message she referred to i think being or living somewhere close to the cult where luke was born and he really kind of took exception to her calling the commune a cult because in his view that's not what it was um i don't know is this do you think this is accurate do you think it was a cult
0: I think cults get a bad name because uh, I mean there are plenty of peaceful cults, but the second you one of them like pulls a mass murder or something or a mass suicide, you know, then all cults get get tarred with that brush. Um, I don't know. I'm I. It's not as negative in my mind. There's probably plenty of good cults out there, right, Naomi? <laughs> Were you ever in a cult?
1: Um, I'm not in a cult. Have never been in a cult, but I'm kind of one of these people that assumes if you're religious you're in a cult
0: (laughs) (laughs) they all seem culty yeah a little bit a
1: little bit um so you know yeah there's uh that good band thrill kill cult see that makes it all sound very negative so
0: (laughs) (laughs) right
2: so you have like one
1: waco and
2: one jonestown and then all Mm -hmm. cults are bad that's what you're saying all cults are
0: bad yeah that's (laughs) Exactly what I'm saying, it's like you know cut cut the good cults a break,
2: all right, well, um, there was going to be the t b t l cult back in the day. Maybe we
0: should revive mm-hmm. that oh i was uh, I was a key shadowy figure in that whole thing i am ready to get down with that
2: what and, was what was your um role in the cult going to be
0: I was the the man behind the curtain, I was the one, if anything ever happened to Luke uh nothing would change because I was the one running the whole thing all along.
2: Oh, I you were the Dick Cheney or the
0: Carl
1: yeah. Rove to his George W. Bush. Yes, yes. <laughs> were you okay. the one stirring the Kool-Aid? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was uh it was flavorade as the, yes. the dazzling deed that we found out recently. <laughs> they couldn't afford Kool-Aid. That was a poor cult.
1: I keep forgetting that, but you're right. Yeah. Flavorade.
0: Probably Splenda, too.
2: Ugh, standards. You have to have standards in your cult. (laughs) Um, Speaking of a different type of cult, the top story of the day is that the fire festival went down in flames over the weekend. Um, The stories about this were everywhere. And it's weird because I don't care about those people, but I was fascinated by all these (laughs) articles. Yeah. I'm... I'm trying to figure out why was everybody just so fired up about this thing. Um, I think it's, it's it has to be like a class envy deal, don't you? Yeah. think? Yeah,
0: I think what what it is is I mean when you looked at an event like this, if you read about it and it had been executed successfully in any way, you would have been rooting for it to fail like this. You know what I mean? You, right. you would have said, "Ah, oh, I wish it had gone. You know, I wish it had all gone to shit." But <laughs> unfortunately, they pulled it off. So when it did all go to shit i think everyone was just gleeful
2: yeah and the um the co-founder was like some 25 year old bro whose pals right. with let's jar- be legends
0: <laughs> let's do it and be legends all right you'll be legend all right
2: yep and uh, luke and andrew talk about um all the people that they had paid to promote all the sort of instagram stars who were I guess paid either with free trips or, in some cases, even with money. And one of those was Kendall Jenner. And they say this is this is another black eye for her. But I don't honestly think she gives a crap about any <laughs> any of this. Right. It'll all roll off her back. She's young and hot and rich. She didn't care. But the then they check talk-
0: probably didn't clear anyway. She probably just ended up just getting paid with a cheese sandwich. <laughs>
2: Well, that does bring up the point of where will the money for the refunds come from? Because uh, I guess they're going to refund everybody's money and bring them back free next year as well. But presumably they'd they'd already spent a lot of that money on the the disaster relief tents and the luggage uh, semi-trucks and whatever. So that's an interesting thing. Who is going to have to eat that?
0: Oh and asking people back for another year <clears throat> reminds me of a, like a summer in college when I was working in a Baskin Robbins and um the some customers a customer had almost finished her Sunday and found a cockroach in the like pineapple <gasps> syrup on the bottom no! of the Sunday. And she brought it up to the counter and my coworker asked asked her, Oh, I'm sorry, can I get you another Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> no, you may not. I'm not coming back to this place next year. Thank you.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a deal breaker.
1: Yikes. Aren't, aren't these people rich enough that they can just kind of cut their losses and yeah. move on? Um, I would yeah. never go back um, after that experience. Although, you know, my bad experience is probably different than what their bad experience would be. I would just be mm-hmm. happy to be on some sort of vacation, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
1: Well, I
2: don't know how many of them are the truly rich and how many of them are the sort of wannabes. Because didn't they say that the cheapest packages were like 1200 bucks a piece? And that's not completely hmm. outrageous. Mm-hmm. I mean somebody who's still being supported by mommy and daddy could probably afford that and bring their bikini and meet the hot guys and would think that it's worthwhile. So I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to know truly how many of the super rich are there and how many are just people trying to get into the lifestyle. Climbers. But not actually. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe people that want to meet somebody who's rich and, The climber
0: aspect (laughs) of it um, makes it, I think, even more fun to to hate it.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, hopefully this will all die a death. I my guess is that it won't be back next year. I don't think they have the staying power to come back to that. Um, so emails today. Uh, there's an email from Marcy who has a plan for when she gets out of the military to open a tattoo removal business. And she says that if Andrew caves in and gets that bro hot dog tattoo on the road trip, she will treat him for free if then he he comes to regret it. So that's a nice offer from Marcy. Um, Andrew wants no part in any pain. He wants no pain, re- um, tattoo removal pain. He wants no tattoo getting pain. He's just absolutely not interested in it. And Luke said that getting his tattoo did not hurt at all. But he goes on to share that it was because he had lidocaine shots. So, of
1: course, it's mm-hmm. not going to hurt.
0: Right. Because he it's was a pussy it- who got, oh, sorry. He was-, yeah. he was a chicken who had shots. <laughs>
1: I had never heard yeah, it, that you could get lidocaine shots for that. I think either. that's really um I guess a good thing.
0: I guess that that's at like the pediatric tattoo parlor for for <laughs> little babies who can't stand any pain.
2: Does he get a sucker when he's done?
0: <laughs> right, gets a dum dum when he when he leaves. <laughs> they let him they let him read Highlights magazine while he's getting his tattoos done.
2: Well, I'm with uh, Andrew. Yeah.
1: Do you guys even have tattoos? Aunt? I don't know.
0: I don't either. And I've had a plenty of chances and plenty of, of credit on the tattoo books where I could have gotten, a nicely discounted, but not very colorful, <laughs> but well-illustrated prison tattoo with a nice typewriter engine. Oh, is it. that what one they would have used? I, IBM's. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Naomi, you have one.
1: um, I do have one, and I always think, gee, I'd like to get another one, but I don't really know what I would get it of, and I'm not going to just get a tattoo for the sake of getting a tattoo. Um, I certainly wouldn't get a hot dog um, <laughs> or any food, <laughs> probably, um, tattooed on my body, but um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to me that um, I could get my tattoo removed. Um, with lidocaine shots and have a fellow ten do it. So I might yeah. keep that in my back pocket.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your uh, tattoo, if you don't mind telling us? And and what's your regret?
1: Um, God. Okay. Um, the day Johnny Cash died, I felt really sad about it because I had grown up listening to Johnny Cash, and it was like a, it was a very like sentimental thing for me. And so I went to the tattoo parlor because I was uh, in my early 20s and I had time and money. And they tattooed like a ring of fire um, on my ankle. And now that I look at it and I think about it, I'm like, well, wow, what did Johnny Cash ever really do for me? You know, (laughs)
0: that I would go and get
1: a tattoo.
0: (laughs) You got to keep building his brand so many years after his death.
1: And so I, it's just one of those things at the time I thought it was really cool and I thought I would never regret it. But now all these years later, you know, I do regret it. And yet somehow my thinking is like, well, I should get another one, but I don't know what of. It's, mm-hmm. it's all very, um, it's all very confusing
0: to me. Do you get asked about it and do you have a pat explanation? You just kind of what you just told us is it's cause I love Johnny Cash when I was growing up.
1: Yeah, but I always feel like I have to really drive home the point that I got it the day he died, and that right, it really right. felt like something I had to do, and um of course... God, you know, so many people have died since then. I don't get a tattoo every time, you know? I don't have like...
0: Oh, 2017 would have been a painful year if you didn't puss out and get the lidocaine.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I don't have like a Prince tattoo on my back, you know, followed by like a David Bowie tattoo. Right. And just on down the line.
0: I wonder if anybody's doing that. Just one, one after the other in order across their shoulder blades and then onto the next line and onto the next line. As all these famous famous musicians die, oh
2: man, um well, at least it did mean something to you i I think of the time- the nineties as a time of real like fad tattoos. Because remember they were all the barbed wire bicep tattoos mm-hmm. and like the tri those were bands those were
0: and... um what I like to call an l d i which is a leading dummy indicator <laughs> having barbed wire <laughs> tattoos I think th- the the biggest leading dummy indicator that I can think of right now in the world is someone who who rents rims for their cars.
2: What? Right, not yeah. even we buys have rental, rims? we have
0: rim rental shops in Austin, and people rent <laughs> rims for their cars. That is my champion LDI. If you do that, you are a dummy. There's a hundred percent. There's no chance that you're not.
2: Okay, guys, you know what it's going to take. You know what side of the line that you have to stay on.
0: With this. Yes. Do not rent rims.
1: <laughs> Seems easy enough.
0: For me. But I'm no dummy. <laughs>
2: So in uh, voicemails for the day, there's an anonymous anonymous voicemail about shame eating uh, from a guy who stopped in at a Jack in the Box 7-Eleven combo. They make the point that it was a Jack in the Box 7-Eleven combo and bought a jumbo jack. And then he went to the store and not only did he buy ingredients to make lasagna, but he also bought a frozen lasagna. And his intention is to take that home and bake the frozen lasagna and eat that as well. That's a very like involved shame eating plan. And uh, Andrew says that these voicemails that they're getting about shame eating are starting to include more and more of what he calls mitigating circumstances where people have to say, well, yeah, but this is the reason. (laughs) Don't be ashamed, people. Just eat what you want to eat. Yes. Work it off tomorrow uh, Then that takes Luke into a story Of his shame eating Today he was trying to get back On his on his grind And um, he was driving back From Pendleton where they Had done Livewire and he went To the Peppermint Stick drive through For a burger and fries Which is a real disconnect for me Because it doesn't seem like a place called the Peppermint
0: Stick No it doesn't I was Sh- expecting him to get one of those shop. $7 milkshakes like yeah. At, like at uh, Starbucks
2: Yep, so um, he says he could, that just really knocked him right back off his grind and he's very disappointed in himself and I think he should make a rule of no eating in the car. I think he gets into a lot of trouble eating in the car and maybe if he didn't do that, he would. I
0: I, I know Jeremy's going to be editing this show and I just wanted to make sure we said Luke got on his grind at least a couple more times because I know how much he (laughs) loves that phrase. (laughs)
1: Grind, grind, grind. I know. It's Let's one get of those, on our
0: grind about their his grind.
1: It's one of those
2: things they talk about where you say it ironically and then all of a sudden you're saying it seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. I Perfect just, example. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. And I'm looking at right. it here in writing and it's starting to look weird. You know how when you stare at a word for a long time and <laughs> uh-huh, it starts right. to look weird? It's like yeah. grindy. It's yeah. <laughs>
0: It's like when you're it's like when you're stoned and you buy a jumbo jack and then you get lasagna fixings but you get a frozen lasagna to eat while you're cooking your lasagna. <laughs> things start to things start to make sense that didn't make sense and then some things that made sense now don't.
1: I just don't know why that guy didn't put away the lasagna fixings after he bought the frozen <laughs> lasagna.
0: Yeah, that's for later. Come on, guy.
2: Yeah, if he bought like two or three burgers and they're there and he you know, lost his willpower or whatever and ate them all. That's one thing, but then to go home and and prepare the frozen lasagna, (laughs) what is that like an hour to cook?
1: At least. Yeah.
2: That's great. All right. That takes us to the end of Monday.
0: All right. uh, Tuesday, 2371 wagon wheel sensibility, which I've had for years, by the way, Andrew (laughs) is hosting uh because Luke is shooting a video for Microsoft slash Atari uh, you broke the code <laughs> well there there's only there's only one um big company big tech company in the northwest that has a mod pizza in its cafeteria, <laughs> so he sort of God. broke the code himself. Columbus um, ain't got
2: nothing on you Mike
0: I know I feel like bobby have i've, I've stocked i've stalked my way into uh, <laughs> Infamy. Uh Andrew goes on one of his patented early show um tangents mm-hmm. about the movie Cloak and Dagger. Are either one of you familiar with this? Naomi, you heard of this?
1: No, no. And when they were talking about it on the stins page, I was wanting to know what the age range was to see this because I'm always trying to get like cool kids' movies going at our house. And mm-hmm.
0: your kids are what ages?
1: Um eight and five and okay. and actually um Andrea Ballard said oh no it's like for 10 years old and up and it's really scary mm-hmm. apparently which is kind of funny to think about a little Andy watching cloak and dagger and mm-hmm. it being like super scary
0: and you know it
2: no i've never heard of it
0: me either me either so but it sounds interesting i <clears throat> i may check it out that that child actor, though, he's kind of not for me. I don't know. I didn't, wasn't too into. Um, he was the ET kid, right?
2: Yeah. Elliot. Oh, Elliot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe not for me, but it sounded cool. Um, Luke uh, decides that he's going to talk about Brian May for uh, <laughs> ten or fifteen minutes.
2: He's done he, this before. I've heard these stories. Yes.
0: It's like he did a paper on Brian May. You know. <laughs> You just can't sit on it if, if if Brian May has anything to do with Cloak and Dagger, which apparently he did the did the score or did some music for. Um, you gotta you gotta unwrap your your Brian May knowledge. Yep. Mhm. I would do the same thing probably. Uh, the episode numbers are discussed, which I didn't follow this very well. I don't care about the episode numbers, so I even though I knew this was my day, I sort of turned off for this. There are, are, all right. Either one of you really into the episode numbers and does it bother you if they get out of order or do you even notice? Because I don't notice.
2: Well, sometimes Andrew will do like a like a whopper where
0: <laughs> Right, like three hundred yeah. off or something.
2: I mean that that bothers me, but if they're they always figure it out in the end, so if they make a momentary mistake I don't mind.
1: I never notice, but um Sometimes, you know, they'll say the episode number and I'll just think to myself, oh my God, that is so many episodes. Uh-huh. I cannot believe how many episodes of TBTL there are. And it do does you think hit anybody- me.
2: Do you think that there's anybody else who's done more episodes of a podcast? Because there are very yeah. few people who actually do five days a week. I think like Real Report.
0: You know those ones for early tech podcasts that are daily. Hmm. I think the I think they've probably got them beat because cause like a lot of the tech stuff that um, and also like motivational ones that got started oh. early like in two thousand seven and stuff probably have have All more, right. But
2: well, what if we we added on the the length factor in that Luke's oh. shows are an hour to an hour and a half. Five days a week. Right. I can't imagine. Yeah, so they've done is more is talking. Doing that, yeah,
0: right. It's a yeah, sure volume of talking. Sure. Yeah, I can. I I can see them in in their category being the long, longest running in terms of number of episodes. But I when they're saying the episode number, I'm I'm not really tuned in. I'm not really. My ears aren't listening. As long as they say something in the 2000s, I'm I'm good. I don't care. Uh, Luke, he, he goes to Mod Pizza for the first time. Have either one of you been to Mod Pizza? Oh,
1: yeah. For
2: sure. Um, I, yeah. Um, I don't have Mod Pizza in the Twin Cities. But, well, we have a place called Punch Pizza that seems to be pretty equivalent, that predates Mod Pizza by, I don't know, uh, Punch Pizza's been around since 1997, I think. So, we were first, damn it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Naomi, what do you like about Mod?
1: Well, you know, it's a great place to go with the family. It's pretty cheap. They have wine and beer, which is always a plus. Um, I didn't know that they hired ex-cons. That was brand new information that's, for me. That's
0: not a universal thing because um, the best boss I had here in Austin, uh, she left the company that we worked with at together to work for mod pizza and they hired her in a pretty good position and they've since promoted her into the best place she's ever worked. And it's a really well-run company and it is expanding fast and I'm sorry, and they're, they're coming for your punch pizza soon. It's one of the fastest growing, um, quick serve brands in America. And, and Andrew, Andrew has it twisted. Cause he thinks it's a hipster place. It's a family yeah. mm. place Mod pizza. It's like Naomi was saying, you know, you bring your kids in, you get a real simple, small pizza for them. It comes out, it cooks in three minutes in an 800 degree oven. And, you know, because that's key when you have kids is keep it moving, right, Naomi? Yeah, for keep sure. Everything's brisk.
1: Yeah. And it's like a wood fired situation. So it's mm-hmm. kind of exciting.
0: Uh, it's delicious, yeah. too. The pizzas are good. The salads are good. Mm-hmm. Um, we go. We go there regularly again now that I have a leg because I mean, <laughs> going out was kind of a hassle for a while there. <clears throat> um, let's see. Oh, while I was looking for a mod pizza on the Microsoft uh, campus, I noticed that they have, there's a delicatessen in, in that on that campus, and it's apostrophe catessen, and it made Gross. me really angry. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, you can't. You don't do that. No. Someone needs Bad to take Microsoft. A, a giant newspaper and hit him on the nose for the catessin move.
1: God, nobody calls it that. You know, if you're no short, if you're shortening delicatessen, it's deli.
0: Yeah, there's there's an easy there's an easier way. And who? Well, well who has time to say delicatessen? I like to say catessin.
2: I think it's like. The guys who are named Christopher who don't like being called Chris, so they go for Topher instead. Oh, God. That's yeah. exactly what this is.
0: I, I, I think you nailed it. And that's why it infuriates Ugh. so much. The Olsen twins are chopped and screwed. To me, they sound like Tracy Morgan <laughs> trying this to get is some pizza.
2: This dumb. <laughs> who spends their time doing stuff like this? <laughs>
0: Yeah, newsflash, you slow anyone's voice down, they sound weird and drunk, you know?
1: Why did I spend 10 minutes watching it? That's what I want to know.
0: <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> Naomi, no. This was before we even assigned you to do this week. That was completely unnecessary to do.
1: Oh, my God. It's hilarious, though. Because, well, that whole, that whole show with those twins was so stupid, and they are so repugnant as little children and then to have it like slow down and the pizza and the looks on their faces. I don't know. I just found myself watching it and I just had to snap out of it because you know, it's slowed down so much that it's so long.
0: We find out that Luke doesn't like drugged or dream scenes or sequences in TV or film. Hmm. And I, I am for the most part the same way. And I think it's because, um, Everyone's dreams and drug experiences are very individual to them. And it's hard to communicate these feelings to other people. And that's why Dreamcatcher is boring. And that's why (laughs) why other people telling you about, oh, the time they were so high, um, that's boring too. So I'm with Luke on this one completely.
2: I don't know. I don't think I've ever thought about it. I'm trying to think of what movies I've seen where there was some big drug trip well
0: the only the only one um, that I really enjoyed was recent one Um, it was the the movie about the um, the guys on uh, Wall Street and Leonardo DiCaprio yes uh, uh, that (laughs) that scene was hilarious and I think it's because we watched it from outside in instead of inside out Mm -hmm. so we were just watching this guy trying to crawl into a country club because he felt like he was falling off the face of the earth or whatever, instead of him, you know, having it come from, from in his internal dialogue or his internal vision, you know, I don't know, or at least it was a mix. So you got to, you got to see how ridiculous his behavior was. Yeah. I but That's I'm the not only a, one i really enjoyed.
2: I'm not a huge DiCaprio fan, but oh, I remember amen. watching that and- being I was so impressed with him in that scene it's like all of a sudden he's doing this really physical comedy mm-hmm. that was so funny
0: Yeah that that was probably that was peak DiCaprio for me that was, I enjoyed uh-huh. that the most of, of any of his movies I think Uh top story um oh this is the top story inspiration comes up before the top story Luke is um reading the New York times and seeing the story that is the New York Mets fan who is going to flush his friend down all the toilets. (laughs) And he looks up and that is the scene from the big Lebowski where the ashes, uh, the, the the mishap happens with the friend's ashes. So he's convinced that this is some sort of proof of, uh, higher power. But uh... I would say, I would say maybe a higher power should be doing something else than <laughs> trying to sync these things up for Luke Lucals. Agreed. Anyway. <laughs> um, they talk about topic selection. Andrew leans towards uh facty stories and quizzes and like where Luke goes for more narrative. Um, dazzling details, and that's why they end up using a lot more of Luke's stories, because Andrews are, are just like, are left-handed people sexier? <laughs> to which Bobby wrote in the What did he write in the margins?
2: And, of course left-handed people are sexier.
0: <laughs> hmm. Wonder if Bobby's left-handed.
1: Hmm. I, I, I don't know. Hmm.
0: He is pretty shifty, so <laughs> I will say, yeah, he's probably left-handed guy. Um... The dazzling donor wants a shout out to Mr. Perks 8th grade class. Uh so so that's done. That and good. they uh they do the uh is Monday is when we got the Austin show announcement, right? The 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 location? Oh, the I don't stubs. remember. Maybe. I, I think it was. I think this is the origin of it. They talk about whether or not they're going to wear cowboy hats. This is the first talk of the cowboy hats and we'll we'll revisit that of course later um andrew says that people from austin are austinians they are not they're austinites <laughs> oh, but austinians isn't too bad i would take that he's made worse mistakes he's planning the trip through AAA. a he's getting and so, i guess they have now an app where you can get a trip tick whereas you used to get the old map ones you guys ever experience one of those
1: oh mm-hmm. yeah god those trip ticks were great
0: they really were. Yeah. They really were. They would piece the maps together for you, Anne, and you. You could just keep folding it out as you go across the country, you know. And oh, then cool. You're on to the next page, and it, it. Uh, they highlight the whole route for you, so you don't hit any low bridges. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're on to the actual top story now. The Mets fan is flushing his friend, the devout rocker, uh, his friend's ashes. From a peanut can uh, down all the potties in um, stadiums, not just Major League stadiums. I found out he his last stop or one of his last stops was going to be the stadium in Durham, North Carolina, wh- where Bull Durham was filmed, which is a cool one. If you're going to flush me down any baseball toilet, that, that would be a good one for me, I would say. Um, Luke says he doesn't want to be flushed down toilets. Andrew's not doesn't care as much. Um, what are your, what are your old plans? Like Naomi, what's your, your plan for your remains or do you have one? Are you undecided?
1: Oh no, I am anticipating my death all the time and, um, I will definitely be cremated and I am going to put a stipulation when I finally get around to it in my papers that I am not to be kept by anybody. You cannot keep any of my cremains (laughs) and you can't make a little necklace out of them. You can't. Yeah, because nothing good is
0: ever going to happen. You know, (laughs) the best case scenario is that you sit on the shelf. And then there are a lot of bad scenarios besides that. Yes. I'm not saying they're likely, but best case is not great. So why that? Why that?
1: Yeah. So I am going to put in my papers that you have to spread my ashes within three days. Of Mm -hmm. me being cremated. And Mm -hmm. if you don't. I will come and haunt you. And you will regret. (laughs) Not spreading my ashes. And I don't even care. Really where they're spread. I just do not want. To have. My remains. On somebody's shelf. Or shoved in somebody's back closet. Or you know. Just like. I don't know. Just around. So that future Mm -hmm. generations have to deal with.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, Yeah. there's going to come a day when it's it's going to be with a relative who didn't know you or barely knew you. And it's that person dies. And then the next person feels obligated, even though they never met you and didn't have anything to do with you. (laughs) And it's like, why am I burdening this future poor bastard who is like, oh, who is this again? What do I have to do with this? Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, when my grandma died, I mean, I loved her. But I didn't want any of her ashes. I thought we were going to go spread them like we talked about. Uh-huh. Next thing I know, I've got like a little urn of her ashes. And her name's like engraved on it, you know. And what am I going to say? Like, no thanks, you know. So,
0: <laughs> Right, right. So, yeah, it's a must-take must, must take situation. You must receive that gift.
1: Yeah. So it's just awkward because now we do have so many remains in our lives, including like my dog, which when he died, I felt it was a big surprise and that's how they get you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what are your choices when your pet dies? You can bury them in the backyard while we were renting, so I didn't want to do that. Um, Or you can get them cremated and sometimes they'll say, oh, well, we have this place where they recycle the ashes and make it into you know, picnic benches or something. And I'm like, well, that doesn't feel right either. So now I have my dog's cremains and it's just too much. It's, it's too much like emotional baggage, you know? Mm -hmm. So just don't do it. Just spread them as soon as possible. Flush them down the toilet, whatever it takes to get them out of your life.
0: And what's your plan? I, I don't care
2: at all. <clears throat> excuse me as, as soon as i'm ashed i don't care if they dump them in the trash can right outside the building i'm gone
0: yeah i agree it doesn't matter agree.
2: to me i think it... what's kind of funny is that my mom has requested that her ashes be scattered at disney world <laughs> which, uh, i don't know how hard it is to get them into Disney World, but no, I've decided I'm taking them on Space Mountain, and when we go through the loop-de-loop, I'm just going to open the container and let them go.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: they're gonna, That like, could be a
0: wild scene.
1: Yeah, they're going to go back in someone's face.
0: <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't care at all, either, and, and uh, Naomi, yeah, you made a good point. I don't want to be a burden down the road to anybody in any way so you know please uh, just go ahead and you know keep them or whatever i don't care and the thing about what andrew and luke were talking about the ballparks and and how dirty the toilets are that's a easily solvable problem what you do is you go to the ballpark when it first opens like right. i always used to go to batting practice when i was a a a younger guy and and then when i worked at the stadium for five years i was there like five six hours before the stadium opened and those bathrooms are cleaner than my bathroom has ever been i mean especially major league bathrooms they're very professionally cleaned and if you're the first one in there it it is clean and it smells pretty great and go ahead and flush your friend down the toilet and have, have yourself do yourself a little business while you're in there, since there's nobody around. Even I mean, talk I... on the phone, because there's nobody there to make fart noises while you're doing your thing.
2: I actually thought that that was kind of a sweet story. Luke mm-hmm. seemed kind of disturbed it. But, you know, this guy is doing kind of a unique, fun thing that his friend would probably appreciate. So yeah. It's very nice.
0: It's a cool trip, dude. What was he, rich? It's a nice trip this guy's going on. Yeah. All summer. Um... Let's see. Um, top story. Second top story. Uh, a Beaverton man is fighting the yellow light timing, and he he had a, he had a point, and the science yeah, seems to seems to work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the way they explained it kind of made sense to me that that you have to give someone a reasonable something set to the timing of that light, you know. Yep. yeah the
2: the whole point uh, i was worried but luke got to it eventually was that when they set up the timing of the yellow lights they did it for someone who was going directly through the intersection but if you're making a turn you need to decrease your speed to be able to take the turn safely and so that didn't leave people enough time to make the turn safely and do so within the yellow light so i think he's got a great point
0: Mm -hmm. so then the um the people from Oregon are trying to charge him with a crime because he said in some communication that he was an engineer, which he is not a licensed engineer, and that's a some sort of a big deal in Oregon, but people from Oregon are stupid and... <laughs> and Oregon is a bad place. So, <laughs> Well, um.
2: there is a thing called a professional engineer, which is a designation. Now, I work with a whole freaking department of engineers, and some of them are professional engineers and some of them are not. But you have to have uh, five years of professional experience in the field being supervised by a professional engineer who then has to like testify on their behalf. And then they have to take a huge exam, like an all-day grinder of an exam to pass and and get that licensing and um it's then once you get it you have a lot more prestige and you make a lot more money but you also have a lot more responsibility because you have to like sign your name to drawings or whatever so like Mm -hmm. if you're building a bridge
0: (laughs) if it falls down and kills exactly a a
2: professional engineer has some sort of level of culpability Mm -hmm. that a a regular engineer and you know it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything other than that, a prestige and responsibility thing. So I kind of see what this engineering board is trying to do by stopping people who aren't engineers from calling themselves that because I I don't want to hire some dude off the street who says he's an engineer to build my bridge and then have it go all terribly wrong. But Mm -hmm. man, this was stupid of them.
0: Well, can there be a board that certifies MMA fighters and, and DJs because <laughs> there are a lot of people running around saying that they are those things that aren't professionals. They've never been paid a dime to do either one of those things. I, I could see what the problem. MMA
2: test would be, but what would the, <laughs> yeah, the MMA DJ test, test be? Somebody
0: walks up and just absolutely kicks your ass. <laughs> I would pay for that. Well, that's Worldstar I guess. I guess you just yep. go to World Star to get that kind of stuff. Uh, There's an email about some bathroom cell phone shaming, which I uh, talked about a a second ago, which I think was brilliant. Um, One of the guys, I can't remember which one, I think Luke says that when there's someone talking in in the stall next to them, that he's rooting for them to get away with it. But (laughs) I I liked her style of shaming them with fart noises and and poop noises. Where do you all stand on this?
1: I, I don't think it's a good idea to have the cell phone in a public bathroom in general, you know, just, Mm -hmm. uh, not to be like a weird Andrew germaphobe or whatever, but you know, there's just a lot more germs and you're touching your phone and on it and it's rude to talk, I guess. And I imagine it's so echoey. Um, I kind of zoned out a little bit during this part of TBTL, honestly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't...
2: It's... Man, it's sharing your business in ways that things should not intersect as far as I'm concerned. I just want those two spheres to be kept completely separated. Mm -hmm. There's the bathroom sphere and the phone sphere and nary the twain shall meet. So I, I guess... I mean it's funny what this lady was Keep up doing. the good work it's, yeah. anonymous it's pretty lady funny.
0: Yeah <laughs> Uh the let's see um then there's another um there's another email about bad banana breath um <laughs> so Andrew still is anti banana and then the uh the five words I never thought I would type into any keyboard um <laughs> about an email and those are hubby's grandma has vagina fingers. <laughs>
1: uh. Oh man. Oh, this happened to me. I was in a a bathroom with my mother-in-law and it was, you know, one of the ones on the side of the highway where all these truckers are and oh, it was so horrible cuz she didn't wash her hands after visiting the restroom and then we got to this restaurant and she was like hey let's all share nachos (laughs) and i was like
0: uh
1: no i don't feel like having nachos today actually (laughs) and um that that advice to you know just casually bring out the um, hand sanitizer and be like here you go everybody is is good advice um but like with high five
0: grandma and then grandma puts her hand up (laughs) and then you just,
1: Uh, I, but then I, I did end up like starting to call my mother-in-law on this because, um, it happened on more than one occasion, especially like after I started having children and, um, I was just like, Oh, you're not going to wash your hands. Well, you really should. And it was the most honest communication I ever had with her. So, uh, At some point, you do just need to go for it. You have
0: some balls. Nice job on you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, uh, take us to Wednesday, Naomi.
1: Okay. Uh, This is episode 2372, four or five seconds to wildlife. And Luke brings Andrew on and says that he's going to have the countertop guys coming in to work on the bathroom. And he says, you know, everybody knows that they're legendarily chatty, which I don't know that everybody knows that. But
0: um, <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like a thing.
1: <laughs> Andrew jokes that uh, there's a reality show about them called Counterintelligence. And it just, God, it just struck me as so dang funny. Like I was actually literally laughing out loud. He
0: was uh, the smoker in with that one.
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, so then, of course, it goes into Toilet Talk. I mean, it's a good 20, 30 minutes of Toilet Talk. <laughs> Naomi,
0: I'm so sorry. We, I think it was like Tuesday night or Wednesday that we invited you to co-host. And Anne and I had, of course, taken notes on Monday and Tuesday. So I said, Ann, should we just uh, give her Wednesday since we're just letting her know now? And Anne said, yeah, sure. And then the next day, I, I was listening to the show and I sent Anne a message. I'm like, What did we do to Naomi? (laughs) We we bring her on. We give her one day, and it's nothing but toilet talk.
1: It's amazing. I feel so honored to have Wednesday. Uh, (laughs) I love your attitude. Yes, yes. So what happened was Carrie bought uh, an illuminated toilet seat that runs on a timer overnight. And it's installed in their downstairs bathroom. And Luke brags that they have four bathrooms. So... Uh, good for him. Um, did
0: anyone else, when he announced that they had a glow in the dark toilet, did, did either one of you like me completely assume that Luke bought this item and and was shocked when you found out it was Carrie's purchase?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was shocked because it's totally something he would do. Right. But yeah. he would spend way more on it than Carrie probably did.
0: Sure. Sure. Sure.
1: Um, so predictably Luke and Andrew have very different approaches to going to the bathroom at night. Uh, and it really they take a different and different dive on
0: this. needs and different and different practices during the, i mean I, I may be i may be on all alone out on a limb here but um do a lot of people poop at night during the middle of the night cuz that's not me or anyone else i've ever lived with or known i
2: think i mean my data set is pretty limited but i would say no
1: i just think i that, mean if
0: you're in distress yes it happens of course.
1: I think normal people eat, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um a lot of kids have a lot of snacks. We've already discussed that.
0: So <laughs> Yeah, little kids, I'd say this happens more with yeah. kids. I think.
1: Uh but so because of our eating patterns, I think that we tend to, you know, slow down at night, our digestion slows down at mm-hmm. night. Um and it just doesn't come up very much. So apparently it comes up for a lot for Luke because he's really concerned about doing it right. Um, he wants to go in and make sure things really get cleaned up when he's done. (laughs) And so the illuminated toilet seat, I guess will help with that.
0: Um, of course it does. does.
1: He doesn't want to turn on the light. And I totally get that. Like if I get up in the middle of the night to quickly go to the bathroom, I'm not turning on the light because you know, it's disruptive. Um,
0: but when you're a guy and you're doing the other thing too, the light can be helpful and that's why a lot of kids have those seats like my brother-in-law has the the lit seat so that the bathroom isn't always just a, a sea of urine.
1: So I want to get one of these now because then we can get rid of um our night light in the bathroom mm-hmm. which, you know, it's stupid but it takes up like one of our outlets and we have to take it out and put it back in. If we had one of these, that would totally solve that problem. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, the kid would be totally, um, I guess, able to do what they need to do better. And
0: um, What did you think about my idea with the target? Like like it, it illuminates a target into the bowl and it actually scores your, your child or your husband, you know, <laughs> just to... How how often they're hitting the direct center of the bowl.
1: I think it's a great idea. Um, anything to keep urine in the toilet <laughs> instead of out of the toilet. I'm <laughs> right, totally right. into that. Um, no
0: drop left behind.
1: So, yeah, Andrew doesn't really go to the bathroom at night. And if he does, it's just going uh, number one. And... But he does turn on his extremely loud jet engine exhaust fan to mask when he goes to the bathroom. And he made it sound like he does it kind of no matter what, because he's Mm. so embarrassed about noises um, coming out of the bathroom. And um, I will just say, like, I am married to someone who's very embarrassed about that stuff too. I can still hear it. You know, you may go into right. another room. Of course.
0: And then you also hear a jet engine fan going at the same yes. time.
1: And I would be pissed if it was at night and I'm trying to sleep. And all of a sudden it's like, whoosh, you know, <laughs> just go in, do your business, be as fast as you can and, you know, just be as fast as you can. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Luke loves loud fans and bathrooms and hotels. Um, in order to mask the sound being made. Again, people can hear the sounds being made, even yeah. with the fans.
0: Be a fan of, be be into effective fans, good fans. Who cares how loud the fan is? Or actually, not loud is better, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yes. Um, so then- when I'm trying
0: to talk on my phone in there, <laughs> it's <laughs> that stupid fan.
1: Do you have a jet plane in your bathroom? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm just taking a crap. <laughs> and I respect you and myself so little that I'm doing it So while on the phone.
1: Andrew proceeds to ask Luke a series of questions about his toilet seat preferences. He asks him if he would want a heated toilet seat. And Luke is into that and is, in fact, having electrical outlets installed for future heated bidets. And um, I thought he kind of already cobbled one together. Right, but I guess all the bathrooms will have them. Um, well, the future- but it's
2: not heated, it's definitely a cold water bidet, which is a, a non starter as far as I'm concerned. Oh my gosh, that's a
0: rough go! Yeah, because a heated toilet seat I don't need a heated toilet seat because my ass will heat the toilet seat after a few seconds. But that cold water up the old, you know, balloon nut, that's gonna, <laughs>
1: <woof>. um, <laughs> what. I was fortunate enough to go to uh, Canada recently and stayed at a hotel that had a bidet. And I was like pretty stoked because of all the bidet talk on TBTL. And um, I, because I, when I travel, look, I've shared so much about myself already, but when I travel, I have a hard time going number two. It's just what it is.
0: You're not alone. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And so I didn't really have a chance to use it to its full potential. And my- kids were not going to use it there's no way that they would go for that so um it didn't really go um it wasn't used to its fullest potential
0: see Naomi that wouldn't have happened to you if you'd if you'd stayed at the Plumpkin Estates which I proposed I proposed (laughs) on TVTL it's my it's my weekend getaway you know B&B for the the Bidet Curious you know those Mm -hmm. of us who've never used it and and we want to get our bidet going or you know just people who love bidets but don't have them in their house and mm-hmm. we we guarantee your satisfaction to the to the point where I mean on as early as Saturday morning we've got nothing but like kind of not quite ripe fresh fruit and black coffee just <laughs> all you can consume and and yeah if you don't get it done over the weekend we we offer you another another weekend and then mm-hmm. you know we break out. We roll the, the heavy laxatives out on deck for that second week.
1: Oh, Lord. Just like well, every
2: every room, they put um, an individually wrapped prune on the pillow yeah, instead we, of the chocolate.
0: Sure. Sure. We're we're going to help you out. Oh, we're going to help you get there. We know why you're here. That's the motto <laughs> at Plumpkin Estates. We know why you're here.
1: Oh, man. I've definitely bought those individually wrapped prunes. Um, so there's more toilet talk, but um, just... Suffice it to say, they really explored this topic, and um, we now know that Luke spends so much time on the toilet that his legs get numb uh, from being (laughs) on there too long.
0: Oh, I had one more thing to say about the the light, the lit-up toilet seat, and since it was Carrie's purchase. You know how her her profile picture, I think she changed it recently, but her profile picture for quite a while had been of her sitting uh, nude on the toilet, on a toilet? Yeah. Have you guys seen that pic?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought she should take a picture of herself on the lit toilet seat, and then on a timer, her profile picture will change at like <laughs> seven o'clock at night <laughs> to the lit toilet seat picture, and then back in the morning, right back to the regular one. Right. Can you do yes, that? That's I think only you can do that with your pictures on a timer on Facebook now. If you can't, can if, you you? can't if you can't, you should be able to. Hmm. I know you can set them for temporary status. Hmm. Like like I support the Coney 2013 or whatever, but I need right. it to end in two weeks because this will be embarrassing if it's still up.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, they should do that on Facebook, if not. Um, so go, going forward, five weeks to Austin, June 10th, they keep talking about whether they should wear cowboy hats. And they wonder if they should wear cowboy hats every day until the event. Um, and they say that they're going to plot out their journey in the RV after the show. And, um, I'm just really excited for people to be able to go to this. I've been to so many events, uh, picnics, and it's really exciting that, um, other people are going to be able to see them live. And I looked up that venue. It looks great. And, um, I'm just really excited. And Mike, you're not going to go, right?
0: No, we live in Kyle now. <laughs> yeah. It's a drag. Yeah. It's a drag to get up to Austin. You no, know, I just got my tickets in the mail uh today, Saturday. So yeah, we're we're excited about it. I'm I'm a little worried. The only thing I'm worried about these guys on the trip is if he takes that laser baldness helmet, you know he he's been getting quite a bit of night pooping in into that lit toilet seat. I'm afraid he's gonna poop into that baldness oh. helmet in his in a drunken haze in the R V. Well-
1: I could think of
2: worse things.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work anyway, so he might as well use yeah. it for that purpose.
0: they just as yeah. Just think if it did work, all the hair that he'd grow on his ass at home <laughs> these days.
1: Um, Tyler Strange of Monroe, Louisiana, is donor of the day. He plugs a podcast called Table One Pubcast, and the guys say that they listen to um, listen to it a little bit. And the last one was from 2015. That didn't seem right to me, so I looked it up. And the last one is actually from uh, like Christmas of 2016. So I'm not sure what the deal is, but Tyler doesn't seem to work on that podcast. He just plugged it for some reason. Um, Hmm. He also has over 1,300 friends on Facebook, and none of them are tens. And I find Hmm. that so interesting that... Somebody would care enough about TBTL to be a, you know, dazzling donor of the day and isn't like, I don't know, involved with the LRB yeah. and is on the Stens Just page.
0: never found themselves involved in any way with any other 10. Never. Yeah. That is that is strange too when you say it though. Yeah.
1: And um, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that because I feel like most people who donate are people that I've, you know, s- seen on Uh, the stents page or they're heavily involved in one way or another. So I thought that was all. I
0: I only have like six or 700 friends and I don't currently donate to TBTL. And almost (laughs) every one of my goddamn friends is also a a, a TBTL person. So he's doing a, he's doing a different dance.
1: That's right. Um, Okay. So then they go into this article that, um, was on quartz, written by Selena Chang, and this is about game farm photography. And um, it follows the dad and daughter team, Lee and Mackenzie Greenlee, from the Minnesota Wildlife Connection. And uh, Luke and Andrew seem to be really into this idea of you know going to a controlled environment where there's you know quote unquote wild animals and being able to take photos. Uh they both love the greenlees, think that they're really cool people. Um but then Luke uh, tries to turn it into hot talk even though he says he doesn't. <laughs> and uh says that a neighbor's dog was killed and a little girl was attacked and he just kind of wonders about, you know, the moral obligation of uh people to let other people know that they took photos on this game farm. Um as opposed to like actually, you know, tracking some wolves and taking photos of them in the wild.
0: Well, when you're in the game farm business, you're going to get some hop-ons and by hop-ons, it's usually coyotes hopping on your dog or your daughter. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Andrew says it's all about the context um, and draws on his own experience of when he went fishing in Mexico and, you know, barely participated in the process and has like a photo of himself with the fish and uh, Luke would would be really embarrassed if people thought that he took a photo, um, you know, of a really majestic wild creature, and it turned out it was, you know, from one of these farms. Um, then they talk about Duck Hunt on Nintendo, and <laughs> kids who put the gun up against the screen to maximize their points. And, you know, this is like one of two video games I remember playing, so I'm... Just happy to understand the reference, Um, because any other video game references, I'm just totally lost. Um, Andrew says that... Cheating
0: on video games is an LDI.
1: Yes. (laughs) Good point. Very good point. Um, Andrew has an account through Getty Images to sell his photographs, and he earns enough to pay for his Spotify account through PayPal, and I feel like that's pretty good, actually. Um, yeah because that's like a good 10 to 12 dollars a month and if he can pay for that by doing nothing that's pretty cool
0: i hope i didn't steal that photo that i put up today of him eyeing that that hot dog statue (laughs) i don't i don't remember being asked to pay for that but uh, we'll find out
1: yeah you'll take
2: your chances
0: yeah
1: um so there's a lot of footage from nature documentaries that can come from these types of farms. And, you know, it's just all about the context for Luke and Andrew about whether it's okay or not. And I I don't know, like, I don't really have a strong opinion about that. I think as long as you, you know, are upfront that it comes from one of those places, it's fine. But where I do struggle a little bit is whether these types of places are okay to begin with at all. Um, yeah. They showed some photos and there's like wolves with, you know, chains. Um, I guess they're not chains, but they're, you know, kind of Leads. chained up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in a perfect world, I'd like to think about these animals just kind of being able to do whatever. And they probably wouldn't um, be so trainable, you know. I don't know what you guys think.
0: I think if you have enough treats, um, you can make animals <laughs> behave how you want to. And as long as I get to see pictures of the cute kitties, cute bobcats, I'm good. I don't mind it.
1: Yeah.
2: I think I, I wouldn't want to be one of those trainers who works with, I I don't know, domesticated wild animals, if you can even say that's what that is, because I think you hear those stories about the chimpanzee who ripped the lady's face off or the tiger that went rogue at siegfried and roy and there's the stray wild animals (laughs) exactly uh, The runaway
0: children when they try to gas up their jeep (laughs)
2: um i mean i think I, i agree with your point for sure naomi we probably it's not the best thing for us to do to keep the wild animals in captivity of course in the case of these particular animals i would assume that they've been born in captivity and couldn't survive in the wild so i guess as long as they're cared for and and not abused i i I don't really have a problem with that
1: yeah I, i agree with you um now uh i see there's a note here about opossum versus possum
2: Yes, I have this question. I've been called out on this for saying opossum. Oh, do tell. (laughs) Oh, I don't even remember what it was, but somebody was insisting that I was saying it incorrectly and that it was just possum. And I was like, well, why does it have an O on the front?
0: Hmm.
2: There's no such thing as a silent O, except there was a Sesame Street story song about that, wasn't there? Would you like to buy an O? Um yeah, but okay, so non sus street context, apparently you
1: don't say the o? What? I thought it was just kind of the old-fashioned way of saying it or
2: That's what I thought, more of a colloquialism. Yeah. Well, the the possum was down by the crick kind of deal.
1: Oh. Well, I'm going to just never say that word cuz I think possums are pretty gross.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> They're ugly. I know. We should be able to eat them, but I guess they don't taste that great.
1: Yeah. Um, I love animals, but possums, mm, not so much. Um, So moving on uh, with voicemails, the Stubak calls in. And um, before they can get to that, Luke interjects that his uh, stupid light phone is being shipped. And (laughs) the graphic on the email is an animated banana phone. And Andrew thinks banana phones are always funny, and um, I think that they're always funny too, and I just wanted to say that. They finally get to Stu's voicemail, and he's uh, talking really slow and low, like the chopped and screwed pizza Olsen twins uh, monstrosity, and he recommends the brisket and fried green tomatoes at Stubbs eventually. And Uh, Luke is annoyed that Stu does this um, and hopes that this doesn't become a fad. So, of course, it's going to.
2: (laughs) I really hope it
1: does. (laughs) Oh,
2: Stu. Um, I I mean, the irony of, of Luke telling people not to do something and expecting that they don't do it is so crazy, given that he's the original button pusher. Yeah. You tell right. Luke not to do something and that guarantees he's gonna do it. How can he think that he can have different standards for the tens?
0: I think I'm gonna call in a half speed recording and some shame eating. <laughs> from the car.
2: Do it. Uh no, from a really clean bathroom at the mall.
0: Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> um so listener Rachel calls in with the dream catcher, and I know you guys aren't fans. Um, but... Hot dog. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, and that's about it. Oh, but then Luke starts to play some Shirley Temple for some reason. And I'm wondering if he's just trying to get back at Stu for leaving that voicemail because it's so awful. Shirley Temple music is awful. And I know that she's cute, I guess, but man I cannot stand it when he plays Shirley Temple
0: it's a long way it's a long time for a novelty act to last why I don't understand why anyone is still talking about Shirley Temple in 2017
1: I don't know and Andrew like Andrew says that you know having kids around makes people would want to listen to her but I'm never showing my kids this they'd be horrified (laughs) And, I would take my um, Duck Hunt pistol up close to the screen from and see if I can take her out. <laughs> he's, I love it. He's working on his staff. Uh, maybe Gandalf's is what Luke says. <laughs> and a corner of their house is turning into Lord of the Ring-themed weapons that are being handmade by Walter Burbank. And uh, the guys make a Grimly the Battle Troll uh, joke, which is done to make... Sam and David Burbank angry, and I think that uh we all think this is pretty funny, actually, uh to go <laughs> yeah. ahead and keep on doing this um They discuss the title and then they end up picking a title, and I have no idea why they picked this title um it means nothing to me
0: no Do you know why? uh-uh okay. I think it might be a photography um term like when you're about to take a picture. Uh, st- a still picture, four or five seconds to whatever. I don't know. Okay. A show business term of some kind because of, cause of the all of the animal photography stuff. At least that's my guess.
1: Okay. Um, so that's it for Wednesday.
0: All right. Thursday, 2373, Arby's, we have some rules. I like that title. That was a funny mm-hmm. bit when it came up during the show. Luke is in Chicago. Um, they're still... He's still doing his uh, Lord of the Rings of the Burbanks um and yeah it's it's still funny I'm like like i can't I can't talk about any of the Harry Hobbit stuff because I'll screw it all up, so um might as well have some fun with my lack of knowledge of popular culture Andrew. For some reason, is fascinated with the uh, KFC kernels and <gasps> gives Luke a KFC kernel list test, and there's a long discussion. At which point, at some at some point, I was just saying, now he's just naming kernels. Oh,
2: <laughs> please, please make the kernel talk, talk stop. I just I can't. I listened to it on after these messages, and then I listened to it on TBTL, and then I listened to it on after these messages some more, and now it's back on TBTL, and I cannot. Take it. I don't care about the colonels.
0: At this point, fewer guys have not been the colonel than have been the colonel. So it's getting to be a really long discussion. There are a couple of coleslaw references and a, a solid AP style book joke that Bobby wanted to make sure we took note of. Um, and they said, because this was the day after the uh, Republicans passed the Obamacare repeal in the House, um, that they are not going to wallow in the horrible news and the way they're feeling about it. And I respect that there's, this isn't where I go for this. I I wouldn't mind if they did at all, Mm -mm. but I understand why not to, because enough of enough is going to seep in um, from their feelings, their true feelings that we know, we know where they are. We don't need to hear them, you know, another echo chamber for our, our broken hearts about our country. Um, they're white guys. They know they should be embarrassed and they don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Rance Priebus said Trump stepped up and punted the ball into the end zone. (laughs) That's pretty great. That is pretty great. I, I love it when, when dummies try to use sports analogies for sports, they don't understand or ever watch and they out themselves as dummies. So that, uh, Oh, sorry. Um, this led into the discussion of Andrew correcting a stranger um a stranger writer when uh she said that uh that <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm sorry i can't the irony of Andrew correcting anyone else's sports references <laughs> i mean i was I was floored by this. I almost couldn't even take it. I almost passed this day off to Anne because I I cannot believe it. You know, he was right and someone should have pointed it out amid all the political yelling that this was very poorly executed um, piece of journalism. But uh I also see that that um is it is it you, Naomi, who you thought the passing game was was the running game or was the handing the ball off game?
1: Yeah. I mean I'm not you know, God, I would never say that I'm a football expert at all. And I just thought that's what they were referring to all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, they never talk about the throwing game. <laughs> <You> <laughs> which know? would
0: be more more accurate. But, yeah. Yes. You know, foot, football is such a shameless game, though. They, they stole the name football, even though the foot, it's very little of right. football. You know? Yeah. So so that you know their terms aren't always on point and andrew uh thinks that by using the quotations around <laughs> around the 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 word um what was it the word passing or the word whatever mm-hmm. that uh he comes off as a dick and but that he's happy he didn't do do the mansplaining well actually the mm. passing game. And they wouldn't want him to pass the ball. It uh.
2: actually is implied.
0: Something that probably drives the hardcore football fans crazy or would have driven them crazy on this day is when Luke said, well, a screen pass might have been something that they they would have done. Uh, no, you don't throw screen passes on the one-yard line. It's not a place of the field where it, it can even be pulled off properly. So let's – Let's not even, I got kind of angry about that. All right, enough sports talk. Uh, <laughs> Ruby, Ruby is the dazzling donor, and she is the the expert. She's probably TV Tales' leading karaoke, karaoke ex, expert. So there's, of course, whenever that comes up, there's a long discussion about karaoke and the guy's experience with it. Um, I'm not a karaoke person. Uh, and you're a singer, but you don't do the karaoke, or do you?
2: I mean, in order to do karaoke, you would have to be a person that like went to bars and right. had friends. you know? <laughs> oh. So this is
0: the, part, this is the, this is the oh. part of the show where we stop down and hug Anne through this.
2: Okay, <laughs> And. Wait, wait, I'm playing my tiny violin here, people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's not true. Um, we have a little karaoke studio in our basement, and hmm. we call what? it: ba- Yeah, we call it basement karaoke. It's a safe place where you can sing any little song that you just even know a little bit and you don't
0: uh-huh. you don't care
1: because you're not like in front of a large crowd. Um, it's adjacent to uh, like our kids' playroom, so it's you know pretty cool and um it's it's great. so if you ever do come to Seattle, uh, I'll just have you over into my basement karaoke studio and All you
0: right. just go for it yeah i want ann to do lose yourself that's the one i really want to hear her do
2: okay <laughs> do okay. whatever
0: the top story 50 percent but- of cats love people that's really still uh, puts them way behind the dogs way i way behind the dogs Mm,
2: where is Meredith when I need her? I need somebody else to be with me and say, this is stupid. From a statistician's viewpoint, you can't do a study with 38 cats and find <laughs> that 19 cats like people and then just say that this impl- applies to the entire cat population. This is
0: stupid. That's, that's, the amount of cats that were used for that, there are probably 20,000 homes uh, In the United States, where this study could have been conducted with just one woman and her cats.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, they get to the part where they're doing the percentage breakdown. And they're like, 11% of the cats preferred toys. Yeah, that's four cats in this study. <laughs> Pick the toy. <laughs> uh,
1: it,
0: I knew you guys were going to love that one.
1: It was so stupid <sighs> because, I mean, are the cats hungry? So the cats that preferred food or, or treats yeah. or whatever... Well, were they hungry at the time? You know, you can't you can't say that those cats like food over people because what if they just haven't they're, eaten Because They're hungry. Today? They need yeah. some
0: food right now. <laughs> it's, priorities switch throughout the day. Now I'm playing with my toy. Now I'm getting some pets. Now I need some fucking dinner.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure why that was top story status.
0: That was a, it looked like a really slapdash top story. Like a very last second I'm in Chicago. I just turned on my computer. What's the top story?
2: Oh, yeah. And I have wait, wait, tonight. So I have to like watch a week's worth of CNN. Oh, and, between yeah. Now all the stupid
0: headlines and stupid stories that are going to come up. Yep. Yep. I think we diagnosed that one. We didn't need Wagatha Christie to knock over any clues on that one. <laughs> Andrew's having uh, trip anxiety. I think this will be every day. It has been ever since the announcement. And- mm hmm. Um, there, there's emails coming in, people warning the guys about low bridges somehow on the interstates, they're, they're going to, their <laughs> RV that's the same size as every other RV on the interstate is somehow going to hit a low bridge, man, that's going to piss me off if that continues. And, uh, but a listener did have a good suggestion about a big rig navigation app, just in case they want to get off the main roads or they want to avoid going through major cities in the RV if they're not feeling confident about their ability to handle it. So um I will say that uh the best the best thing that happened to me when I was like I don't know 12 13 years old is when my sister moved back to Seattle from LA. She was she was driving the moving truck into the apartment complex she was moving into with my brother-in-law and she just drove that thing right into the um overhead uh into oh, the, into no. the garage. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. It's pretty great. Knock the whole structure down. Mm. It was amazing. And when you're when you're 13 and you, and that's your sister, that's the funniest thing that you ever saw <laughs> in the world.
1: So I know that they've said this and maybe if I was a more careful listener, I wouldn't have to ask this, but how many days are they taking to go from Everett to...
0: Five days. And it's a two and a half day trip. It's like a 32 hour trip. Okay. So they'll be fine. They... they even if some things go wrong there's some built-in cushion there for yeah. sure all right that's it for thursday
2: well let's go to friday number 2374 hey Schlubbud. uh andrew <laughs> starts the show by doing a borat impression and luke wants to know are we now allowed to do borat and austin powers again and i say no <laughs> they are not allowed to that sure they're, they're going to have a shag jar that they have to donate to every time one of them makes a stupid Austin Powers joke. So it's just not. Um, so the road trip is still top of mind for both of them. And Luke wants to know if they're still going to be friends by the time they get <laughs> to Austin. Uh, and, and Andrew uh, has a story about the first time he and Vives sniped at each other was on a road trip in the car. So, I mean, people get stressed out and Luke says specifically that he knows that he gets stressy in the car specifically over the route like he he can't stand to not be on the absolute fastest route even if Carrie has picked something else that's two minutes slower he gets upset about it and he really has to remind himself who cares and he says he's gonna have to let go and let a dubs yeah I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll
1: see. I don't know if he should let A-dubs, honestly. Um, That's true. Yeah, he's so anxious. um, He's going to take all the fun out of it. And, you know, that level of anxiety, it cannot be sustained. It just can't. I mean, I'm starting to wonder about all of this, actually. The more they talk about it. I don't...
2: Well, but Andrew has sustained this level of anxiety for 40 years. It's very true. So
1: what's five days? I think Andrew is going to need a lot of time to himself, you know, which will be very difficult. Yes. But at the end of their driving day, he's going to need like an hour alone, I think, in order mm-hmm. to be okay.
0: Well, I think that you can take those hours during the day. When you're on a long stretch of interstate, somebody can just go in the back and read a book or take a nap or or place a monopoly on the on their phone.
2: <laughs> Are they gonna have a hotspot?
0: Hmm. I don't know. But I mean if you're if you're on a in, if you're on major freeways you can you can do all your stuff.
2: Oh. Data. Okay. Yeah. Well they they decide that they have to establish some plans and goals because they they can't go without those, but they also have to be flexible about what they actually accomplish over any given period. So I think that's a good start. Hopefully they can stick to that. Uh, Luke did wait, wait last night and he had a, what he characterizes as a wardrobe malfunction. I would characterize it as a potential wardrobe malfunction that in that he brought a suit that had the enclosure hook on the front of the pants missing. And of course he waited till the absolute last minute to get ready for the show. So he didn't have much time to handle it. And he ended up using three hotel mending kits and taking the teeny tiny safety pin from each one of those and just pinning his pants together and sending a prayer to the God he doesn't believe in, (laughs) I guess. And that actually worked out for him. Um, This was all complicated by the fact that he didn't have a backup because he doesn't wear a belt with the suit because he can't figure out the whole suits and sneakers look and how the belt factors into that. And I have to confess here, I'm sure that I am on the wrong side of history with this one, but I do not like the suits and sneakers look at all that guys do. What is the point of putting on a suit if then you put athletic footwear with it. I just mm-hmm. think it's dumb. Just put on a nice pair of wingtips or something and look like a goddamn grown-up.
0: You would never a head few to the, hours. head to the gym with your yeah, with your wingtips on. So why are we going to a formal event with our cross trainers on?
2: And, and lots of people do it now, or it's, uh-huh. I, I don't know, suits with chucks, or I don't know, just to say, look, I'm, I'm casual, I'm dressed up and smart, but I still can be a relaxed person. I don't know. I just, I, women don't get to do that. Why should men get to do that?
1: Yeah. I'm just jealous is what it is. <laughs> I don't care what you wear, but wear some goddamn socks. I cannot stand mm-hmm. this fad of like nice shoes without socks in, in, you know, a formal setting like that. I just, I can't stop. Why
0: would you do that to a pair of expensive shoes? You're going to ruin those shoes with your stink.
1: Yeah. And it's always the most like fashionable dudes who do it. And I just Mm -hmm. look at them with such hatred because I think it's so awful. (sighs) Hmm. Well, I
2: think he could do, if he's wearing the gray suit, he can wear a black belt. Right. Even if he is wearing the dumb blue Nikes, the black belt will be fine.
1: Yeah. It's neutral.
2: Yeah. Um, And then I put in a note of something that he did twice in this episode that irritated me when he was talking about uh, a woman. He said female. Um, He was... um, doing the show intro and he did the preview for the upcoming cheyenne mountain story and he said a female reporter wrote a story (laughs) and then he was telling a story um from wait wait where a couple came up to talk to him and he said the female half of the couple what is this i don't like it i think it's dehumanizing when you refer to women as females
1: yeah i don't know why it matters you know I, yeah. And why can't you say the
2: woman of the couple if you must specify a gender?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he kind of kept. I don't know. Just tripping over himself with that story.
2: It, yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's. It bothers me. I can't do the impression. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs>
0: I'm going to make you do prices, Granite. If you try to do the. <laughs>
2: Uh So another thing that bothered me is that Andrew is concerned that he will be underdressed for Luke's derby party thing that he's holding that is not a birthday party. It's just a party by his birthday that he organized. And we all know that Luke's going to dress up for the derby and Carrie's probably going to dress up and Genevieve's buying a hat and will wear a dress and – Maro Kev will wear an MMA <laughs> t-shirt, but but Roden's Zubis. probably gonna dress up. <laughs> so, Roden so Roden'll
0: look good. He'll be on point.
2: I yeah. So I we just go through this for every single occasion with Andrew. Why can't he
1: just dress up to the dress code? He's got to get Come it. On. He's got to get it dialed in one of these days because he can't go on the rest of his life like this always like no. not wanting to be dressed up and then you know kicking himself later because he didn't dress up. I mean, why does he do that to himself?
2: Well, I know he feels self-conscious about his body and he you know, he that whole thing about putting on the dress shirt and he wasn't sure he was going to be able to button the top button until the very last moment. I, I, I he doesn't like the way that he looks. And he doesn't want to buy new clothes, but he's just got to bite the bullet and figure out a way to be comfortable in a slightly dressier level or just not give a crap about it. Because he's the only one that does. Except apparently me. (laughs) But so I'm sure that will be. I'm sure we'll get the breakdown on Monday. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So we all have to care about how Andrew feels because we're going to get the buildup and then the breakdown. <sighs> so the top story for the day is this whole Starbucks unicorn Frappuccino thing. Um, and they touch a little bit on the unicorn food trend, which I find distasteful. I mean, people can drink whatever drink they want, eat whatever food they want, but I don't know that neon died blue food and the bubblegum pink food it's really unappetizing to me just seems like there must be an extra layer of chemicals in all of that but uh so the unicorn frap period it was only like a week wasn't it where that was very popular there's this other small coffee shop that claims that they did it first with something called the unicorn latte and that starbucks sort of robbed them of all the um the glory that they would have gotten from this they uh, had filed for a trademark so they said it's a trademark violation and all they want is for starbucks to cease and desist oh and they want all the profits that starbucks generated from this
1: oh my goodness uh well i mean i think starbucks has pretty good lawyers so i know good luck to you yeah
0: i hope they win
2: I knew that's Not how Starbucks. you come down.
0: The other people,
2: <laughs> you want the unicorn latte people just to take Starbucks for all their work. I would
0: love, to, I would love for the unicorn latte people to never have to work another day in their lives.
2: <laughs> all right, um, then the second top story, story is the Cheyenne Mountain nuclear proof. Government facility in Colorado. Naomi, you knew about
1: this? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Colorado, and it was just something that you know people always kind of talked about. Like, oh, I wonder what really goes on at the Cheyenne Mountain uh, facility. And um, I knew that there was a subway in there. Thought that was kind of an odd choice. Like, if that's going to be you know the thing that you're eating the only for restaurant the,
0: for the rest of your life. <laughs>
1: um. Let's put a
0: Mod Pizza in there, people. Come on.
1: Yes, yes. That would be so much better. Um, Yeah, so I knew about it. And, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. During the Cold War, this was like Mm -hmm. a big thing. And um, I guess I'm surprised that it's still going. And um, I guess I'm glad it's still going because it sort of feels like um, it could happen, you know, even more so now with uh, stuff going on with North Korea. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I knew this when they started talking about this. I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally something they would get jazzed about because of the secrecy kind of around it. And um, I, it just sounds like something that they would totally love to talk about.
0: N- no nuclear holocaust is going to keep me from getting my skee-ball game on. So <laughs> I'm down with Cheyenne Mountain.
2: Uh, Well, the thing that is most consuming Luke about this is that he says that he just couldn't leave his family outside. If he was someone who worked there or had reason to be in there when there was some sort of event, he would be trying to circumvent the rules (laughs) to make sure that Carrie and Addie and (laughs) Rudy and Olive would be fine, but the, the other three to get them inside with him somehow. Because what is the point of even living if all your loved ones are gone?
1: I can't believe I he didn't include his cat in that. He said everybody except the cat.
0: She'll be all right.
1: <laughs> That's true. She's a survivor.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, Andrew is kind of charmingly optimistic. Even with all the North Korea stuff and the political climate, he, he thinks that we're not ever actually going to have that kind of catastrophe. So so it's a choice that that Luke's not going to have to make. Uh, in V-Mails Today, uh, Evan tried uh, Barbara Boguev's, uh hiccup um, technique uh, by having his wife, who had the hiccups, put a cotton swab to the uvula, and he says that it totally worked, and um, Luke has to show off his knowledge about hiccups and saying that it's caused by some flap at the top of something. It's not, Luke. It's spasms in your diaphragm. Is what it is. Um, but I, I of course it works because it just interrupts your body and takes your mind off of what's going on. Let so. me tell
0: you about the worst three days of my life. I had hiccups for three days once when <gasps> I was in my early no! 20s. No. Yeah. Whoa. Try to sleep with hiccups. Just try it. <laughs> Not restful.
1: Wow. What ca- oh I mean, gosh. what were you doing that caused Don't it? Know.
0: Huh. Don't know. Don't know. I'd never had them for more than 10 minutes before or since. I had them for three days.
2: And did you just all of a sudden realize that they were gone or did you do something?
0: I didn't. know. I tried some things and, and uh, no, and it, it, the, none of them resulted in any success. They just stopped. Huh. Awful. Wow. Try to work, which I was still trying to do at the time. With the hiccups, and then try to sleep with the hiccups, and then try to work after not sleeping with the hiccups while you have the hiccups.
2: Oh, I'm, oh. So- I'm sorry that happened to you, Mike.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to... You.
2: All right. In the the other email for the day, Sarah has... A good, um, tip for the road trip. She says to take a, what she characterizes as a nice bungee style clothesline so that you can hang your towels on it. And that way you will always have dry towels and. We of course had that long, tortured conversation about the importance of towels and <laughs> dry towels. And Andrew's big idea is that they should get some super magnets and attach the towels to the roof of the RV, and that way they can just flap in the breeze all mm-hmm. the way down the highway, and they'll we'll have,
0: just have bugs, fresh, dead dry bugs towels. in your towel. It'll be fantastic.
1: <laughs> yep, problem <Yeah>. solved. <laughs>
2: Uh, Sarah, I thought that that was a great tip. It's not your fault that they're going to pervert it and do something stupid. <laughs> right. Uh, in Music for Your Weekend, Luke brings The Morning Benders, a cover of Fool's Rush In. Uh, Andrew picks Wax Taylor, a weird uh, trip-hop sampled k Uh That was weird and Luke gets Paula Poundstone to give him some music for our weekend and she picks this uh lounge singer uh Todd Murray with Kudja which was hilarious and kind of perfect for Paula.
0: All right, I will take the housekeeping and um the archive project. Uh the contest is each submitted episode earns you a ticket for the LRB raffle. Naomi, how many episodes did you archive to get into the raffle
1: oh gosh um maybe a couple weeks worth that's why it's kind of embarrassing that i got picked because i know no, that people who've done way two weeks more. more
0: than me so
1: <laughs>
2: no no that's totally the point everyone can be a winner you know what though as long as
1: you enter one of the weeks i did was um a tbtl thon week <laughs> so i do kind of deserve this loot crate actually yeah that yeah is you do. rough yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, they those those can be rough. Hopefully uh this this week this time with the road trip it'll be more more uh natural and entertaining and not like trying to put on a a big show every day. Uh the Amazon link go use that and to order all your goods. Um that's uh there's a link at the LRB page and earbuds and earworms. The show this week, um, and was it uh, weird breakup songs or what was the one? Did it come out today yet? I don't know. What I haven't have... seen. Let's take a look. Talk amongst yourselves. Is it
1: about mothers <laughs> or is that the next one? Is about mothers? Oh,
0: probably about mothers. Let's see. Or hmm.
2: uh no, there is not a new one up yet. Okay, it's it's weird love songs.
0: It will be, yeah, right now still weird love songs, but by the time you hear our voices, there will be new earbuds and earworms up. So, Naomi, why don't you tell people how to get involved with the show?
1: Yes, uh, you can go to thelittleredbandwagon.com, and they're on Facebook, and that's a really good way to interact with other tens and uh, kind of wade through some of the uh, Taco BS uh, that's going on <laughs> on the Stins page, just go over to Little Red Bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, and you can email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and give them a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 8285.
0: And while we have you, tell us about the Sunday morning experience.
1: Oh, um, about a year ago, my husband and I, um, decided to start a fan podcast about CBS Sunday morning. And people have asked me like, uh, why would you do that? That's a show for old people. And yes it is. Uh, but we really enjoy that show. We've been watching it together for almost 20 years now. And, um, you know, I think like, the LRB, it's just kind of a way to have a jumping off point for talking about um, various things. And so that's that's what we do. And um, we've interviewed some people from the show on there. Yeah, girl, you got access. Yeah. yeah. You got some big names. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, Tracy Smith was on. Steve Hartman. Uh, Steve the tearjerker Hartman, as we like to call him. And uh-huh. um, we're in talks to have other people who work on the show on so we can ask them all our questions. And Maybe someone who named- paints his bald <laughs> Exactly. Well, I think I have more of a chance of getting Jane Polly on at this point than I do Luke, <laughs> Luke Burbank.
0: I sort of agree. He's <laughs> he's, a, he's a tough get.
1: Yes. Um, and we have uh, something in the works. We're going to do like a show all about Charles Kuralt who was the first host who had like this whole second shadow family. And, um, we're going to do a show about that on one of the weeks that we're going to be out of town and aren't going to be able to do our regular podcast. And so that'll be a lot of, um, can you believe that he had this whole second family? (laughs) Why would
0: anybody want to do that? (laughs) That's what I (laughs) think. Exactly.
1: Um, Think of
0: all the pains in the ass that come with having a family, and we're going to double on that.
1: I know. I know. But um, it's a really fascinating kind of story, actually, and Mm -hmm. um, we're working on that.
0: All right, everyone. um, Sunday morning experience. Good people, good podcast, and it's about a really great show. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you want to uh, get us out of here? Until next time, this is The Next Party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Push this button. Farts. Am I on the radio? Farts. I want to be on TV. Power out.